Hallelujah. Justin, were you able to get my picture? We'll see. I don't know whether he was or not. Is it? Who do you think that guy is? Looks like Jesus to me. Every once in a while, I think that you need to be reminded of where your pastor came from. Every once in a while, your pastor needs to be reminded of where he came from. Did you know that's the only clothes I owned? You know, I'm going to read a scripture to you. We're going to talk about taking up an orphan, but I want to read a scripture to you. It says, and then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand gained me this wealth. And you remember the Lord your God, it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant that he swore to your fathers as his day. I don't know whether, I don't know how you look at the world, but I, I view life differently than a lot of people. Because when I grew up between the ages of zero to second grade, I lived in a home where there was a mother, a father, and money. We didn't have a lack. My father, my earthly father, because of the war, the World War II and the Korean conflict, came home an alcoholic. Now, I don't have any animosity in my heart because of that. I don't know what that was like to fight every day. And, you know, that was just the thing Marines did. They just fought and drank. 20 years of that is kind of hard to overcome when you come back. Well, it caused my mother and father to separate and and because of his condition, when we moved back to Athens, Georgia, he was not always faithful to send uh, the child support. And I remembered growing up with not a lot. I don't know how many of y'all did, but I remembered that there was no extra food in the house. We didn't have leftovers. What you ate, it was gone. And um, how many of y'all know what spam is? Yes. That was steak when I was growing up, you know. <laughs> But um, I remembered, and I'm not saying this to, to belittle my parents, my mother, and, and, and because of pride, would not allow me to be on the, the food program at school because of pride. So every day at lunch, I, if I wanted to eat, I ate, I ate off other people's plates. And that was my lunch. When I got born again, um, you can see I, I didn't have any money. Everything that I have now, he gave me. Amen. He has been so good to me. From, from that point on, a year later, I was out of debt, and I bought my first new car. And God did it. Amen. And that excites me. I know where my finances come from. See, I don't have a covet problem. I, I, don't. I don't. I don't trust money. Sunday, is, Sunday to me is not a day that God is wasting he is everything. I love church. I thank God that you guys are here. That you're here this morning to worship God and to, and to hear the word of God. And to, but you know what? Without him, America wouldn't be where it is. You did not get the wealth you have because you worked hard. You don't live in an air-conditioned house because you're great. You didn't eat this morning because you're great. You ate this morning because he's great. <laughs> come on. And I think sometimes when we come in here and we talk about prosperity, I think there's people who forget. You know, and I don't know, did, maybe you didn't grow up like I did, but I'm very aware of poverty and I'm very aware of prosperity. 
and, and I, I've been broke and I've been, I've been rich and I've been poor. I like rich. <laughs> but I never take it for granted. Yeah. I don't take you for granted. You walk in this church, you, you, you give your tithes and offerings. This church is here to be a light to the city. Yes. This church is here for the children that are growing up to hear truth, to know Jesus, to be free. Without, without a church, it wouldn't happen. Without you, it wouldn't happen. I want to read the scripture again, and I want you to think about it because I don't normally go on that. When you say in your heart, my power and my might got me this, uh, it didn't. You came naked. You're leaving naked. I hope we don't have to look in the casket and see that, but anyway. There's a robe for you when you step in before Jesus. But understand that God gives us wealth. And he does it because his covenant. And he blesses you because of Jesus. And I think that we should always have time. We remember where we are and why we're where we are. Offerings, tithes and offerings is worship. That's why I don't have a bucket at the back door. I'm not going to be little. This, this is worship. This is when we come before God and go, you're God and I'm not. And don't ever forget it all the days of your life. Every once in a while, you need to take a picture of yourself and put it up on the wall and go, I've come a long ways, baby. <laughs> I did own one black frying pan, a 12-gauge shotgun, a washer, dryer, and a bed, and a car. I could take everything I own and put it in trunk. Boy, has he been good to me. Now I have to have chargers to charge all the batteries and the jet ski and both. But I love him. He is why I'm where I am. Everything I have, he gave it to me. Father God, thank you that all of the days of our life, We'll never forget. We're here because of you. You're good to us. You blessed us. Help us to be a blessing to the city, this community, and those around us. Father, I'm not in love with money. I don't think anybody in this room is. We know it's a tool. Help us use it rightly. Show us how to be a blessing as you've blessed us. Help us to be like the Good Samaritan and not be afraid to stop on the side of the road, pour some oil and wine, and help somebody else out. We give you the glory and honor for us, sir, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Let's see if you can be very good. Amen? Are y'all ready? Well, that's terrible. Started off on the wrong foot already. You ready? Good. Good. Always be ready. John 16 we are not alone. Okay, they changed it on me. That's, that's me. That's actually, we're not alone, verse number two. John 16, verse 12, I want to start reading. First, let me pray. Father, thank you for the word. I pray that every one of us in this room today would hear it and be a doer of it and be blessed because of it. We come before your word humbly and thank you for it. In Jesus' name. First, no, John, not first John. John 16, 12. 
I still have many things to say to you that you can't bear them now. You understand that was pre-cross, that was before the cross. However, when he, Holy Ghost is a person, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of his own authority and whatever he hears, he'll speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He'll take what's mine and declare or show it to you. All the things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what's mine and declare or show it to you. Go to John 14 now, verse 17. Turn the page to the left, one page, and you're there. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you an orphan. I will come to you. That's huge. Let's talk a minute about the person, the Holy Spirit. That's not a subject that goes on in every church. People talk about God the Father. They talk about God the Son. Not a lot of talk about Holy Spirit. There should be. There should be. Jesus made a big deal of him real big deal, and he was very excited that Holy Spirit would come and be not only with you, but inside of you. Now, why is that? I want to listen. It says he will help you. Holy Spirit, God the Father, when you and I were lost in sin, did for us what we couldn't do. We say he saved us. Why is that? Because you couldn't redeem you, you couldn't forgive you, and you couldn't pay the debt. So he did it. Now that's what Jesus did for you. And then he sent Holy Spirit to live in you because the life that you're living on this earth, you need help. Now let's talk about what he won't do. God will save you, but he will not wash your dishes. He will not change the baby's diaper. Pray all you want to, and it won't happen. But let's talk about what he will do. Let's talk about what Holy Spirit. He, he, God will not renew your mind. God will not put your flesh under. God will not read the Bible for you. God will not do your, your prayer for you. He won't do it. All of those things are up to you. If you want to walk with God, that's up to you. If you want knowledge, that's up to you. If you want victory, that's up to you. But he's also aware that you need help. Everything I just said he will help you. He will help you do the things that he commanded you to do. He, he will not walk in love for you. He, he, he will not work on your relationships. You will. But he'll help you. So, who is Holy Spirit? What did God give you when he said, I'll send Holy Spirit to live with you and he'll be in you? This is the guy that made the earth. This is the guy that made the sun and the heavens. This is the guy that wrote the Bible. This is the guy that made your body. 
This is the guy that made dogs. This is the guy that got Jesus out of hell. What kind of help did he give you? All the help you need. Failure is not an option. In other words, whatever failure is going on in your life, you're responsible for it. God's not going to do it, but he'll give you the strength that you don't have. He'll give you the wisdom. He is wisdom. And he'll give you all the wisdom you want. He'll give you all the strength you want. He'll give you all the ability you want, you want, but he won't do it if you don't want it. If you don't ask, you won't get it. So, what did he give you when you got born again? He gave you a person. That person is not just with you, he's in you. So who helped Jesus when he walked the earth? Holy Spirit. Who raised Lazarus from the dead? Holy Spirit. Can he still raise people from the dead? Yeah. Can he raise you from the dead? Yeah. Can he make your business prosper? Yes. Can he heal your body? Yes. But he won't do it without your cooperation. He won't do it. He's, he asks you, you grow. You renew your mind. If you want to know something in the Bible, the guy that wrote it is in you. He's like, I know everything about that Bible. You just ask me. Now, let's talk about prayer for a minute. He said, you, you don't know how to pray. How did God make the earth? He spoke it. Earth, be. Holy Spirit came on and made the earth. When we get to heaven, y'all can come over to my, my mansion because I'm going to be downloading a lot of videos. I want to see that. I want to sit there and go, oh, that's awesome. And you know there's a blockbuster up there. And if, you have, if you have YouTube down here, you've got to have YouTube. But it's not run by the devil. It's run by God. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, I did. All right. So I, another one I want to watch is Goliath. I'm going to watch David and Goliath. I'm going to rewind it. I'm going to, I mean, every time he throws that rock and hits that sucker, I'm going to go, ah, rewind that. Bam. Oh, rewind that. Never mind. I found out something about movies. You don't have to watch them again. Go to YouTube and just hit the highlights. Some of y'all are looking at me like a dog in a new bowl. So Holy Spirit helped Jesus, and he'll help you. But he won't, he won't help you if you don't want it. So how did God make light? He spoke it. Scientists have finally found a particle smaller than an atom. They found out what the atom's made out of. It's made out of a thing, a substance called a cork. Do you know what a cork is? It's sound. Everything is made out of sound. What sound? The sound he made when he said, be. And it's still vibrating. So I'm going to ask you a question. If God did all he did by speaking, wouldn't it be important who has your tongue? Right now, God wants your tongue and Satan wants your tongue. Because whoever's running your tongue 
is running your life. Now, I'm not just talking about, you know, running around saying nice things. I mean, that's good. That's good. Don't stop saying nice things. But sometimes God wants to say some things in your life and create. And he doesn't want to go through your head because there's not much up there. A lot of hot air up there. Now, see, we have people in here that, you know, they... And, and, and I mean, not, not, their, not, not that I'm looking down on anybody. And you've never spoken tongues yet. You should. Because God has some things he wants to say in your life. And so it looks like, you say, what'd you say? I don't have any idea. But God understands every single language. And what you're doing is the Holy Spirit wants your tongue and the devil wants it too. See, all the crap in your life, you spoke it. What the hell? You ought not say that. Don't shout me down. You call your kids, you sorry thing. Don't say that. They might believe you. Don't shout, boy, I'm doing good. So Holy Spirit, God said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, my spirit, and he'll be with you, but he'll be inside you. So we say, greater is he that is inside of me than he that is in the world. Say, God wants to help me. All right, look at Isaiah 41. I want you to take that. Let's go over there. Isaiah 41, verse 10. And let's see what God said to you. 41.10, fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed, I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Do you think Samson had any problem? Thank you. Tom, I thank you for that. I appreciate that, amen. If we could get everybody else in here to grunt, just do one grunt, we'd be fine. You think Samson had a problem with strength? No? That's old covenant. Holy Ghost wasn't in him, was on him. Do you think Jesus had any problem with strength? You think Jesus had any problems with money? No. You shouldn't either. I'll strengthen you. I will help you. Say hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will help me out. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. In other words, you may get in a mess, and there ain't a mess you can get in. He can't get you out. You can't mess anything up that bad because you're not the first person he's ever helped. You know, there's a reason God made a pastor out of me. You will see that God can do anything. <laughs> if he can help that guy, he can help me. Let's look at another one, Isaiah 40, 29. He gives power to who? Those who have no might he increases strength. Say, the greater one is in me. Now, see, we have a bad habit of praying as though God is in heaven, and he is. But the Bible said, bow your head. Why? He's inside. He's not that far away. One day I was walking through the apartment complexes in, in Athens, Georgia, before I came to Ramah. 
And I was praying because the Spirit of God was leading me to move out of my $100 a month mobile home into a $165 a month apartment, and I was barely making the mobile home payment. And I'm going, well, how in the world am I going to do this? And I'm struggling, so I began to fast and pray. And I began, I was walking through the apartment complex thinking about it, and I began to speak in tongues, praying in the Spirit. And out of my mouth came, I'm the breath of life. And I stopped and I went, well, if God is in me, I can do this. It was just like a flash hit me. I went, $165 a month ain't nothing for Holy Ghost. And I moved. You know what happened after that? They made me the resident manager, and I got it for free. Say, there is a God. Say, I'm not him. Now, see, he gave you, <laughs> he gave us a gift. Jesus is a gift, and he gave you Holy Spirit. And all of us have him. He doesn't condemn you. If you weren't holy... He couldn't live in you. The devil tells you you're just good for nothing, sorry, worthless. Well, if that was true, how could Holy Spirit live in you? If you're good enough for heaven, you're good enough for Holy Spirit. If you're good enough for Holy Spirit, you're good enough to have God working with you and in you. You have to tell the devil to where, to where to go. Say, go back to Washington, you sorry thing. I don't know why I seem to get political every once in a while. What would happen if people in Washington all got saved? America would turn out to be a good place. All right, Holy Spirit lives in us. God gave us a gift, did not leave us alone. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to take a turn right now. We're going to talk a little bit more about this person that lives in you. Do you understand two of you walked in? I have become very aware he's in me. There's a, people years ago began to preach practicing the presence of God. I'm aware that he is watching the movies I watch and he's listening to my conversations. And the more aware of him you are, the greater faith you'll have. But I'm not alone trying to make it through the day. He has given me the same person who helped Jesus, and I will not fail. Even though we live in a tough time right now, Holy Spirit's able. Now, we'll get into that a little bit more later, okay? Wow. Everybody right now is aware of the trucker situation. What's going to happen to us? I wouldn't worry about it. He who dwells in the secret place. God will always make a difference between his church and the world. So I want to ask you a question. Let's get off. Let's go political here a minute. Why is God allowing this in the world? He's allowing it or it wouldn't be going on. He loves sinners. You might want him to go to hell, but he doesn't. He paid a high price 
for sinners. And they're going to hell. And he wants to get their attention. And he's doing it. He's going to show them, you're not God. Well, then what about the church? Well, he's jealous for you. He loves you. But he doesn't want you in bed with the world. He doesn't want you. He doesn't. He, he paid a high price for you. And he loves you. And he doesn't like lukewarm. He says in lukewarm, I'll vomit you up. In other words, that just means your, your life makes me sick. America has forgotten how we got here. So is there coming? Well, see, we use the word judgment. Now, I, I wish that preachers wouldn't screw the Bible up, but they do. So let me take you down a route here for just a minute. And it's okay if you disagree with me. That's fine. I understand. You're not the first one. We've taken two beautiful words in the Bible. One of them is condemnation. Jesus took your damnation. But he didn't take your judgment. Judgment is chastening. Whom God loves, he chastens. Why? He loves you too much to let you screw your life up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, because of that, we've heard people say, God doesn't judge today. Well, someone forgot to tell John in the book of Revelation. I'm not talking about wrath. The word judgment is not wrath, and the word wrath is not judgment. How many of y'all like to watch ice skating? I love to watch ice skating. I, 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 I always want Lisa to watch it first because I hate to watch them fall. I know they've worked all year. They want to do their best, and when they fall, I, I'm, I like, oh, God, they hurt. But there's somebody back there with a sign that says 5.1, 3.2. They're not taking the girl out and killing her. But they are judging. If they killed her, that'd be damnation. If they just didn't give her the gold medal, that's judgment. God chastens his church because he wants your attention. There is a benefit to walking with him because he promises he'll hide you and protect you from what's coming. If I was you, I'd get on fire for God. I'll show you another scripture in a minute. Is it all okay? Everybody breathe. You ever had, you know, someone says, God's not mad. Well, I've had him mad at me. You love your kids. You ever been mad at them? Why? Because you care. I'm going to pick on Shay a minute. She's back from Colorado, and she bumped her little head. But once when Shay was a little girl, her and Kim Portalot and Copeland at the time ride their bicycles down the driveway, and they never did look in the street and see where they were going. I went, don't do that. Okay, Daddy, I won't. Get on the bike. Down the road. I said, I have to kind of make this plain because every once in a while a car comes flying by. And I hear screeching tires. 
And I'm not going to come out there and find my daughter planted on the front bumper of a car. So I brought her in. And I tanned her a little hide. Better the butt than the face. And she never did it again. She got on her bike. She wasn't afraid of cars, but she was afraid of me. And she'll tell you today that she got too many whippings, and I'm going to tell you it's not true. <laughs> Ashley got 10 times more than she did. Che rarely ever got a spanking. Maybe she's do a couple. No, 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 I'm just... No, she's a good lady, good, good lady. But why does God chasten us? He loves us. He's not angry. He sees you continuously doing something, and he goes, stop it. I love you too much to let you destroy yourself. And sometimes you think you bind the devil and it don't work. It might be God. I bind you, God. You know, I preach a lot about the sovereignty of God and how people have abused it, but there is a sovereign side of God. I had a job one time that I didn't like, and I went every week to get a new one. I never did get that prayer answered. I thought, what is wrong with you, God? I need a new job. He said, the one you have is fine. I said, I don't like it. And he said, stay. You might learn something. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You're thinking, I don't like my job either. Well, hang out there a while. You just might learn something. I was on an all-black crew. I'm a Georgia white boy. I never had black friends. Well, these first didn't begin as friends. They didn't like me very much. And that was the job. I wanted a new one. And when it was all done, I had a lot of friends. Because God stuck me somewhere that was uncomfortable for me. Omar, the Black Panther, ended up pastoring a church. Lisa and I got him filled with the Holy Ghost. And he hated me at first. I grew. There's a lot of things God's doing in your life right now you don't like. Oh, boy, this is real good, yeah. Lisa, the first service did a lot better. So, Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4.30. There's something the Spirit of God has been dealing with me lately a lot. And I feel led to share my pain with you. Something he's dealing with me on. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Holy Spirit lives in me, and he doesn't like everything I say. He doesn't like everything I do. And every once in a while, he lets me know it. You have these days where you feel like something's wrong. Okay, let me make it more plain. In your house, sometimes does your spouse not talk to you? Come on, Bruce. <laughs> not amen. Come on, get see. 
I'll come over here. Any of you other men ever have days when it's quiet in the house? That's because you have ticked mom off. And you're going to have to go back and straighten it up. You know, Holy Spirit goes quiet. Thank y'all. Holy Ghost, how are we doing today? And he said, nothing. I know, where are you? And he goes, do you remember what you said yesterday about so-and-so, my son? Yeah, that jerk. <laughs> that jerk is my son. And I love him. And I want you to go back to it. Oh, no, don't, don't, no, I don't want to go down this road. No, God. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Every one of y'all done exactly what I'm talking about. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. God gave him to you to help you, and he will not leave you. But I'm going to tell you, he sure does want to live inside of a holy person and be holy as he is holy. He doesn't like all the movies you watch. I know some of y'all watching TV and going, is there something wrong with this movie? And he's going, yes. The first GD, the TV goes off. Bam, you're gone. And friggin', I don't even do shoot cussing. I mean, Holy Ghost goes, I don't even like friggin'. There's not a lot of movies you get to watch. Thank y'all. Sometimes you just have to go, which three movies do you want to watch right now? <laughs> One of my favorite is Secretariat. When Lisa and I ride bicycles, and I hate the fact that now she can beat me. And every once in a while, I do my best to beat her. I haven't beat her this month. But the other day, I'm riding by her, and I said, remember Big Red. And I went flying by her for about 10 seconds. And Secretariat came up beside me and beat me to the house. At least I'm trying. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. Let me finish reading this. Let all bitterness, wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you with all malice. I got a confession to make since y'all are Catholics. Did you know I don't have a lust problem? Did you know I have never met another woman other than Lisa that I even considered? You can say amen. It's okay. Because I think a man shouldn't have but one. It's not that we shouldn't. I don't know anybody who's got what it takes to handle more than one. It took me years to train her. And I don't want another one. And vice versa. One day, Lisa and I and Mary Fran were heading down the road, and I said to Mary Fran, it took me a long time to train her, and she looked at Lisa and says, you want to stop the car and let him out? <laughs> no, every one of us, every one of us have been down this road. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor be put away from you. I don't have a problem with coveting, but I have had a problem with a thing called slap you. I will slap you upside your head. 
I'm not sure I'm the only one in here, but everybody. I just, in other words, you would call it anger. I call it passion. I walked out and I said, that was a passionate sermon. Lisa said, sound like you're angry to me. Don't say amen right now. That's the wrong time to do it. But if I have one vice, if I have one thing that I deal with, it's just that I don't like stupid people. I can't live in Washington, D.C. I just don't think I can handle stupid people. And, and, and I'm vocal about it. But I want to read something else to you. It's good. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, that's screaming and hollering at each other, and even evil speaking be put away from you. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. This is where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? You saw the picture of me. What happened to all the lies I told? They were forgiven. What about all my immoral thoughts? Oh, I've had a couple. All the men going, oh. Oh, look at me in that tone of voice. What about all the lies I told? What about the stuff I took that wasn't mine? You know what happened to it, Adam? He washed it away. He put it under the blood. He had mercy on my soul. Now, what about you? Dare I use a Bible I don't keep on you? I'll come back over here. You see, it's real easy to find the fault. It's easy. It's easy, isn't it? It don't take nobody deep and spiritual to go, that person is crazy. One day I was having lunch with some, with some ministers, and I, I got up and I thought, these guys are crazy. And the Lord said, well, why don't you pray for them? Did you ever think that one time I was crazy? I was crazy. Somebody's thinking, don't let it be known, but we still think you're a little bit crazy. My mother prayed me into the kingdom of God. I'd have never made it. Holy Spirit taught me everything I know. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be where I am today. And he had mercy on me. Would it be wrong for him to ask me to be merciful? There's a trap that Satan wants you in. It's called bitterness. I would love to tell you I've never been bitter. I lie. I don't like it when people do me wrong on purpose. It hurts. I don't like it. And some of the biggest arguments I've ever had with people, they weren't even in the room. I think you're laughing because not because you think it's funny, it's because you're thinking, by God, I have had to do the same thing. It's, listen to me real quick. It's a trap. Who's Satan after? You. Holy Spirit wants to help you, but he can't. Because he said, if you have aught, what's aught? Anything, 
anything. I mean anything. That Yankee that you were behind, that's on the phone when the light turned, and you had words with them through the windshield. Hey, gas pedal's on the right. You're driving down the road praying in the Holy Ghost, confessing I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Holy Ghost goes, uh-uh. Yo, ugly thing, now I ain't answering your prayers until you straighten up your mouth. Oh, Heavenly Father, please forgive me for saying something to the Yankee. Excuse me, the Northerner. Maybe they're having a bad day. And then you, gotta, you better start praying because if you want to walk with God, you're going to keep your nose clean. I, it, all bitterness. All bitterness. I would have to say this. I would bet you it's your number one issue. Unforgiveness is Satan's highest, best tactic. About the time you're living for God, you walk out of church, you're on fire for God, Mark Hankins preached good, you are drunk in the Holy Ghost, somebody is going to tick you off. And you're going to be going, and God's going to go, that didn't last long. You know how I know? You see, I, I don't, I'm, just, I'm just confessing my sins to the Catholic priest. It's, the, it's my only vice, but it's enough to keep me out of the will of God and out of the blessing of Abraham. And once I found out, wait a minute, this is a tactic of hell. And I'm not getting in it. So what do I do now when someone mess? I say, Heavenly Father, they don't know. They don't know. You see, the people that we deal with every day, God loves them too. And he's not going to allow you to trash them out. Or, you, or you'll be on his bad side. I'm not saying that he don't like you. I'm not saying he hates you. I'm just saying don't, don't grieve him. You need his help. And if you want his help, you're going to love the church and the world. <gasps> that even means Democrats. Oh, boy. Go to Acts 7. I didn't say like him. God wants Biden saved. Wouldn't it be wonderful if he turned into the apostle? Wouldn't it be great if Hillary got born again? God almighty. You talk about mess Washington up. There's people who don't believe Trump got saved. And he did. I know the person that led him to the Lord. Is he mature? No, but he's born again. His wife's spirit-filled, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling Christian. It hadn't always been that way in the Trump household, but when he started running and he started wanting um, um, Christians to get behind him, there's a bunch of people who went to the White House and sat down and went, uh, I think maybe if you want to support us, you need to be one of us. And they got him born again. 
And if you saw a change in him and you say, well, I don't like he did so-and-so, it's under the blood. Boy, that's real good. Whether you like it or not, he's a brother. When he dies, he leaves all of his money here. He can leave it at my house. It'll be fine with me. Acts 7, 54. Are y'all ready? Say, I'm ready. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth, and him being full of the Holy Ghost, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, look, I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. We're not talking about marijuana. And the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, later Paul. He should not have been doing that because God got on to him and gave him Stephen's ministry. Anyway, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and said, Receive my spirit. He knelt down and he said with a loud voice, Lord, don't lay this charge on them. Boy, that's huge. What did Jesus say on the cross? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I'm going to tell you something right now. The biggest hindrances I've had in my life are things people have done to me. I don't like being disrespected, and I don't like being mistreated. I don't like it. The old Daryl will punch you out. The new Daryl, not allowed to. But I have said a few things. I've even working on that one. I think I'm doing way better than I used to. How do you handle bitterness? What did God do for you? Do unto others. Come on, help me out. Finish the script. As have you ever said anything stupid? You know, people say, I have no regrets. I'm going to tell you, I do. I have regrets. Did you know that every year of my life, I look back over my life, Frank, and I say, I wished I hadn't have said that. I wished I hadn't have done that. There's nothing I can do to go back and undo that. Ask him to forgive me and move on. That's nice. I'm glad God does. But there are things that I've destroyed and and they're destroyed. I have regrets. You know what I want? I want mercy. I want people to look and go, Pastor, I don't think you meant to do that. I think you're just dumb. I've done a lot of things. I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know. I didn't know it was causing harm. What about all the people you know? Did you know hurting people hurt people? What do you think hurting people need? Mercy. Love. You were accepted as you were. All your mess accepted you. Wouldn't it be nice if we did it? You're in a church. You're in a room full of crazy people. We're all crazy. Well, no, a few of us aren't. Adam's not crazy. Frank's a little crazy. Barbara, she's way past that. 
She's not crazy anymore. She used to be. When she was my secretary, she's a crazy secretary. No, she was a good secretary. Wouldn't that be nice, though? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if people were a lot more patient? Wouldn't it be nice if they were a lot more kind? Wouldn't it be nice if they were a lot more forgiving? Kind of like love is patient, love is kind, hardly notices when others do it wrong. You see, that's what we want. That's what I want. It's one thing to preach it. It's sure a different thing to live it. But Holy Spirit wants us to. You say, I love God. What about his family? You say, I love him. Yeah? Show me by the way you treat each other. If you come here any length of time, someone will tick you off. You can leave and go to another church where they'll tick you off too. <laughs> it's not where you are, it's who you are. Living for God is a choice, not a place. Because the people that you, you didn't like here, they're going to get ticked off and follow you to your new church. <laughs> There's that lady that followed me over here, and I don't like her. All right. Father, forgive them. Let's look at another one. Matthew 18. And in the meantime, let me quote a couple of scripture. James 2. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I want mercy. Say, I want mercy too. Yeah. So what did he say? Be merciful. That means what they did was wrong. That means what they did was wrong. You're not giving mercy to someone who didn't do anything wrong. You're giving mercy to someone who definitely did something wrong. And you're being like Jesus and going, you know what? I love you because I'm not getting my worth from you. If God loves me, that's enough. Say, God loves me. Say it's enough. I wake up every morning and go, he loves me. I don't have to walk out of the house with rocks in my pocket. He loves me. And I get behind the Yankee, I mean the northerner, and I go, have a good day. Put your phone down and be blessed. Leave house earlier because you know you're going to get behind them. Wow. Mark eleven twenty five. don't turn there. It says, if you have ought. That's a scripture every one of us ought to memorize. Matthew 18, let's read this, 21. Peter came and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? Oh, I love his answer. Not because I want to do it, but because I want him to do it. We have... 400, is it 490? Is that right? We have 490 times a day to use 1 John 1 9. If you are pushing it, go to bed. His mercy said, Tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to bed right now. This day is done. All right, let's, let's finish this. This is good. I love this. <laughs> There's a king, there was, 
Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, like a certain king, wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him, owed him 10,000 talents. A talent is a year's wages. 10,000 year's wages. That's, th- I want you to think about that when we read it. it th- that's an enormous amount of money. When he was not able to pay it, and his master commanded he be sold, his wife and children, and all he had in payment be made. That was you. That's you. That's your debt before God. Don't ever forget it. Look at this next one. And the servant fell down and said, Master, have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. And I wrote in my Bible, how? (laughs) You ain't going to do it. And the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. How much of it? All of it. The blood of Jesus washed everything away. It doesn't even exist. Far as the east is from the dead, he's removed my sin from me. He don't know I ever told a lie. He don't know I ever stole anything from Walmart on aisle five. He don't know nothing about it. My family, who watches me sometimes, needs to leave me alone about burning Nancy at the stake. It's under the blood. Remember when you burned Nancy at stake? No. That's the old man. Oh, don't come. You, no, you. no, it's under the blood. I know nothing about what you're talking about. Thank you. She was an Indian. And I was a cowboy. And my mother has already beat me for it. They wrote a movie one time called Dennis the Menace, and I said, where'd you get that? And they said, well, we watched you. <laughs> Mr. Wilson lived next door. Okay. And the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, $18. And he laid hands on him, and he took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him and said, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he would not. He went and threw him in prison till he should pay the debt. How do you pay a debt when they're in prison? This is called vengeance. Now, some of y'all remember the movie, some of you men. What's what's the, um, um, Justin, what's the guy that shoots John Wick? He killed a lot of people because he killed his dog. Just get a new dog. <laughs> that whole movie's about vengeance. That's not a good movie. I like the shooting, but it's really not a good plot. You kill my dog, I'll kill everybody in town. All right. And he would not and went through him in prison that he would pay the debt. And his fellow servants saw what had been done. And they were grieved and came and told their master everything that was done. And his master called him and said, you wicked servant. I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you have not had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? His master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he would pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father will also do to you, each of you from your heart, 
does not forgive his brother his trespass. Say ouch. ouch. Folks, that's huge. That's huge. That is probably the biggest hindrance to a move of God is unforgiveness. I heard a preacher one time said 80% of Christians are offended. 80% of Christians are in sin. It's sin. Well, you don't know what they did. It's sin. We all talk about what someone did, and we all have our stories. I want to read one more scripture, and I'm going to let you guys go home and think about all this. 2 Thessalonians 1.6. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay tribulation of those who trouble you, God is not letting them get away with it. He just doesn't want you doing it. Here's why. God will deal with them in love, but he will deal with them. Now, let's turn that around a little bit. When you have ought against somebody and you walk up to me and go, I've had a bad week. Thank you. Is, is God troubling you? He has me. I've had him get on to me. I've had days when I couldn't hear his voice. I've had times I didn't get my prayers answered. I've had times when my soul was troubled. And I always went back to unforgiveness and bitterness. God would look at me and say, I want you to go back and make that right. And when I do, there's peace like a river. There was a cowboy movie I like, Open Range, many of y'all. I like movies where there's character, where there's right and wrong. I like it. And Lisa's got to help me again with um, Charlie and Blue Bonnet, boss, boss. We come into a town and sheriff's corrupt and um, there's a big dog running the town and they go in there to, a ja to establish justice. Someone's been murdered and they're going to go in there and fix this mess. And the whole town gets behind them. Well, Charlie gets so angry that he's shooting at this guy and this guy's down and he's chasing him down and he's going to shoot him again and again and again. And he's mad. And boss comes up and says, Charlie, don't turn a good thing. That's murder. There's times that you get upset and there's things that people do. But don't allow it to, to turn your heart into hate. Yeah. Don't hate. Y'all remember the, um, what's the movie, the Jewish girls that were? Jewish ladies, The Hiding Place. Corey Ten Boom. Corey Ten Boom's in prison with her sister and she said, don't hate him. Don't hate. It's a trap. I said all this today for this reason. God loves all of us. He loves me. He loves you. I love you. But I know for a fact there's people in this room right now who have ought. 
I know there's people sitting in this room right now that you've got things people have done, you've got, and you've got a list. And you wish to God that God would get them. It's hindering you. It's a trap. And I'm going to ask you to take your list and tear it up. I'm going to ask you to forgive people who have done you wrong. I was married before. I know what it feels like. I've had Christians that came to this church, violated us bad. There's people that have been here, I could put them in jail. It's not easy to do this job because you know too much. I'll tell you what I do. I go to God and I write it all out and I say, you know what they did. And I'm not God. There have been times in my life that I've walked around angry for days. And I'll just be honest, sometimes weeks. And Lisa would look at me and go, why are you so dark? Why? Am I the only one in here? No, I don't think I am. I have not realized up until lately that Satan knows how to stop my prayers. Walking in love is paramount. I read Mark Hankins' book every day. I have found out I need to read it every day. It's not the easiest thing to do. Love people. But I have made a determination that I will. Step out of love is a step into sin. Step in love is a step into God. You walk in love, you walk in God. Anybody in here game with me to get some stuff under the blood? I'm not saying that what they did, what they did is wrong. It's wrong. But I'm going to ask you to forgive them and let it go. As much as you think they deserve. Listen, you did too. You did too. You need to get this off you. You ready to pray? I'm going to pray for you first, and then I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, every one of us. There's nothing that we cannot do with your help. Nothing. But we need your help. We need your help every day. You've given us two commandments in the new covenant. Love God and love our neighbor. Sometimes we find that a little bit difficult. And every one of us in this room have had things that have happened to us. And I understand that and so do you. We cannot play God. And I'm asking everybody in the sound of my voice would sit down right now and think of those people and take their names and bring it before you and say before you, Heavenly Father, I release them. I forgive them. And I bless them and I pray for them. I want you to say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I take the people that have done me wrong and I give them to you. Some of them knew better. Some of them did not. But I give them to you. I will not harbor unforgiveness or bitterness. I ask you to bless them, 
open their eyes. I pray like you. They don't know what they're doing. Your love for me is enough. Now I love like you do. In Jesus' name. I'm proud of you that you did that, but I'm going to tell you a secret. You'll have to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Am I right? You were a rascal. But you're doing pretty good now. I remember when Alex's mother prayed for him. All She came to me one day, help me with that boy. Anytime I talked to him about Jesus, he wouldn't hear it. I found out if I paid him to help me work, we could talk about anything as long as he was making money. So if you want to help Alex, just give him some money. Say, I love God. Say, I love people. Amen. You want to blow someone's mind? Take the person who did you wrong and you go do something for them. It'll cut the bitterness off you. Can I tell you another story? Lisa's ready to go. I'm ready to keep preaching. I had a friend. He was a Baptist. It's okay. Well, God loves Baptists. We went to a Bible study one time, and we got into an argument about tongues. And I let him have it. And I went home, and I told God, that Baptist. And God said, you mean my son? I said, no, sir. I'm talking about the Baptist. He said, you mean my son? I said, no, sir. You see, I had the, the scripture that if you, all those that are saved speak in tongues, I figured if you didn't speak in tongues, you weren't even born again. And see, I told God he tore up the Bible study, but he didn't tear it up alone. I don't know whether y'all have ever noticed it's not takes two people to fight. But anyway, so God said, I want you to forgive him. And then I want you to take and see, I used to take pieces of wood and carve scriptures in it with a wood burner. But I want you to take that and give it to him. And I went, no. He said, yeah, I want you to take and give it to him. That was the hardest thing I ever did. I went to his door and I knocked and I prayed, God, I hope he's not home. <laughs> and he opened the door. His name was Carl. I said, Carl. God told me to come apologize to you. This is really what I said. I came to apologize. I gave him the gift. I left. He came back to the Bible study and he got filled with the Spirit. I have a lot of stories. God loves people. Do to everybody like you want to be done. Amen. Are y'all ready for me to be quiet? You know how I know it's time to leave? I'm getting hungry.
Praise the Lord. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says that he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Amen. As our altar workers are coming forward, if you need prayer for any reason, if you've never made Jesus Lord, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Don't leave here without making Jesus Lord. Don't leave here without saying, thank you, Lord Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for taking my sin. If you don't let him take the sin and you receive that, you're going to hell. And we're not ashamed to say that. Many churches don't want to even use the word hell. But there is, there is a hell to shun and there's a heaven to gain. And you need to tell your family and your friends that as God opens the door. Not everyone's going to heaven. There's a lot of people out there that think they're going to heaven. Oh, just, we hope so. That's when you ask them, would you like to know so? I can remember talking to two boys on the airplane, 12 years old. Their mom and dad weren't there. I didn't know that, but they ended up sitting on my row. And I'm like, oh, I can talk to someone about Jesus because their parents weren't there. But they were Mormons and they were playing video games beside me. I was on my way to Arizona and uh, they started talking to me and they kept looking over me because I was sitting by the window. They felt very comfortable. I mean, there's total strangers. They're leaning over me to look out the window because they wanted to see what Utah looked like. We we're making a drop in Utah and then going on. And finally I said, hey, let me ask you boys something. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? They're like, we don't know. We hope so. I'm like, do you know if you're going to heaven? We hope so. I said, would you like to know so? And they said, yes. And I actually found it in their Bible, John 3.16. Not everything is good in that Bible. But there was something, sorry, John 14. I found John 14 in the Mormon Bible because I was reading it before I talked to them about Jesus. I said, hey, what you got there? I said, can I, can I read that? So I was reading and I was finding what scriptures I could show them out of their Bible. And I found John 14.6. And I said, Jesus Christ said, I'm the way the truth and the life. And no one's coming up there to the Father except you go through Him. I said, you ever prayed and asked Him into your heart? Nope. We never have. I said, do you want to know that you're going to heaven? Yep, we do. And both boys, I thought they were twins, but they were a year apart. Both boys prayed with me right there on that airplane. And they asked Jesus into their heart. Boy, you don't know that's the highest high you can ever have when you lead someone to Jesus who was on their way to hell. And as we were landing, I got sick. A lot of turbulence. They're leaning over me. They just loved it. Trying to look out the window. I'm saying this to someone for a reason. Maybe there's not anyone here that's not born again, but you've got people you need to talk to. Don't be afraid of what people think. Who cares what people think? They didn't die for you. You may never see them again, especially when you're on an airplane. I've never seen those boys again. I'm like, what do I have to lose if I don't do it perfect? Just Jesus, the Lord spoke to me and said, just ask him. Do you know where you're going? If this plane were to crash, that's what I asked him. They said, we hope we're going to heaven. I said, would you like to know? And on the way down, I got sick. And they're leaning over me, and I feel like I'm going to throw up on both of them. <laughs> and I grabbed that bag, and I threw up in that bag. And they sat back. 
Like no more leaning over the woman, right? It was just weird, but it was so God. And the boy right beside me, who was the oldest, when the plane landed and everybody stood up, he said, ma'am, can I have your bag? I'll throw it away. He said, we all our life, me and my brother, all our life wanted to see just one person on an airplane use that throw-up bag. And today we got to see it. And we thought it was awesome. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just need a Sprite. He's like, let me take your bag and I'm going to throw it out in the trash on the way out. See what God does? I don't know why I told you that. Anyways, take the chance and speak to someone about Jesus. Who cares? Get them born again. If you need prayer, you need agreement, come on up here. They want to pray with you. Amen. We're not in a hurry to go home. You might be, but they want to pray with you. They'll get an agreement. And the Lord said that if any two shall agree, it shall happen for you. So get an agreement with someone who's got faith. and wants. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.